0: hello and welcome back i'm franny and you're listening to into the world podcast where we talk about all things birth and motherhood each week i speak to a different parent about how their babies came into the world and how the journey unfolded we share the good the bad the ugly and of course the funny bits because most of all when things get tough we all need a laugh happy listening Hi, I'm Franny and you're listening to Into the World Podcast, a light-hearted conversational podcast about all things birth and motherhood. This whole series is recorded while the world is in quarantine, lockdown, isolation, whatever name you want to give it. At this point, I think we've been inside for six to eight weeks, depending on where you are in the world. I actually don't know what day of the week it is. I'm sure you don't either, but basically we've been inside for a long time. This whole series, I'm sure, will be playing out while the world is while the pandemic is going on in the background I hope you enjoy listening to this episode I hope you enjoy listening to this series and I hope it brings a little bit of joy to your day and last thing I hope is that you're all safe well and managing somewhat to carry on and find some joy in life and thank you to all the women who've taken the time out to share their stories while this is going on, okay, um, duty calls, and Peppa Pig is stopping on the iPad, so I better go. <laughs> I'm being told to stop talking. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy this episode. Hi guys, I hope you're all safe and well, and managing at home on lockdown. This week, I'm talking to Jen. Jen, I have been friends with for a little while now through my little Instagram community of other supportive women. She has always been very kind to me, always been very compassionate and supportive. And when Cub was born, she was kind enough to send me some lovely products um, because she is a beauty counter rep. But amongst other things, we have a lot of stuff in common, um, both living somewhere that isn't where we're from, um, raising boys in another country from where our family's from. And sadly, we've both had our run-ins with grief. Her's way more recently than mine and to a much more extreme level, I would say. I was thinking of her today, particularly as I record this intro. It's actually Mother's Day here in Canada. And I was really thinking of Jen today because I have a bit of a hatred for Mother's Day. I think my introduction to Mother's Day being without a baby um, has kind of scarred me in some way. And since then, it's been sort of average... Differing levels of grief and sadness on the day, um, coupled with more recently just disappointment because my husband and I always argue about which one we're going to sell a break, whether it be the English one or the Canadian one, and inevitably I feel like I have to nag him to get a card, which many of us do, I'm sure. Although he's a great husband, very good at presents and surprising me and all, doing all those lovely things if it's a birthday, Mother's Day, he's just not... Not on top of without a bit of nagging. Anyway, I digress from the point I was trying to make. Um, The point was is that I have a husband to nag and Jen, unfortunately, became widowed about 10, maybe coming up to 11 months now. And, uh, yeah, I just think for all the things I hate about Mother's Day, I have someone to moan to. And I was really thinking today of all the single mums, all the the mums who've been widowed or are without a partner who don't have someone to buy a card or this year where we're all on lockdown and daycares aren't taking care of sweet little presents from our kids and it's just not quite the same being locked inside on mother's day let's face it anyway i was particularly thinking of jen this year and all she's been through and something really stuck with me when she messaged me which was that she is now the keeper of all of her family stories particularly her son's birth stories so That really struck with me, and I think that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have this conversation with her. Duty calls, I can hear the baby squeaking in the other room, so I'm gonna have to go. But I'll let Jen explain further more of her story, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. I think it's a really important thing to note, and a really important story to share is motherhood through the lens of a widow, I guess. Um, Thank you, Jen, so much for sharing your story with us. I know you've had a really rough year. Um, and lockdown must be really topping it off for you so I appreciate you taking the time when I know you yourself are on lockdown with two boys and no help so it's I know it's not easy and I appreciate you taking the time to do this and bearing your heart and soul and just being such a lovely human being and so raw and honest and really showing us what it's really like not the glazed over glossy version so thank you so much happy listening guys Um, Yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Jen, and um, how you have your life set up at the moment, I guess. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've been kind of finding it fascinating to hear different people's, like, you know, like some people are working at their kitchen tables, some people's, like, partners are still working, or they're still working, like, out of the house, and obviously I have three kids at home, but my husband is working in our bedroom, which is just weird. We don't have a okay. home office set up. Um, yep. We've got a wooden ceiling, so he's had to use one of those backgrounds so that people don't think he's in a sauna. <laughs> Anyway, um yeah, tell us about yourself. <laughs> uh,
1: your place actually sounds very similar. We didn't have a wooden ceiling, but like I've seen you like like share about it before. Yeah, it reminds me of the house that Warren was first in when I moved here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like our kitchen had wooden countertops. Yeah. And there was like like big like the railing to go upstairs was weird. There was a lot of wood and and my sister was like this feels like it's on like a ski mountain or something. I'm like and yeah. they don't even have those here.
0: I know it's like a, I feel like I live in a wood cabin some days and like my friends from home always like, is that like a Canadian thing? And I'm like, no, I think it has bad taste. Like that's it really.
1: (laughs) That might be a Canadian thing though. Maybe. When I first came up here, I'll never forget, I was on the movie and my best friend from Boston came to visit and she's like, I don't know. I mean, they have all the same stores that we do, but why do people dress so weird?
0: (laughs) no i have you know I've moved from London and i just and i've worked in like you know um well, you, you worked in like fashion the fashion industry, industry yeah. and yeah that's been an adjustment um I miss a lot of that stuff, but yeah. it's just so weird now with so much changing it's like even retail and the way we shop and there's kind of in some ways like less to miss because it Certain things don't exist at this point, but mm-hmm. I find I don't know about you. Um, obviously, being from Boston, it's weird to be in quarantine, not <clears throat> somewhere that's your home or like where you were born. Because I find it makes me homesick, even though I'm in my home, in home. and um, I feel relatively at home in Canada. It's just the not know- knowing that you can't leave is weird because that's always been my backup plan. I don't know if we discussed this before. Yeah,
1: well, but I think it's really different with with the state of the union at home for me. Yeah, like yeah. I would prefer to be here or there any day currently. Yeah.
0: And to be honest, I have a similar feeling with the UK aren't probably doing the best job of getting a hold of um um handle on COVID-19 either. So I definitely feel safer here. It's just that weird thing of like you know with um, with no way of flying at the moment. Yeah, it's we'll like, see, and that's like I thought. It's two kind weeks of like ago. the whole like don't press that button where you're like I don't want to press it, but now you said I can't. I feel like I should. No, I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. See, because but I, I
1: because I can drive. Like I thought two weeks ago, at a. Horrible, horrible week. It was a horrible week. The kids were fine. I just was like, I was not okay. I was like, I can't do this by myself. I can't. Like, this is not, there's no way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was being a bitch to everybody. Like, I I didn't want to be by myself, but then I also didn't want to talk to anybody. So I was just being an asshole to everybody. And I was like, maybe I just need to go home. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, because technically I can drive. We all have US passports. Mm Mm-hmm. So They're going to let us in, I'd imagine, but then I was like, I don't know what it's like crossing state lines. I heard about somebody who parked on the Massachusetts-Rhode Island border and walked across to Rhode Island to golf, and when they got back, they got arrested to their car because they weren't supposed to go there.
0: Oh God. It's and all so, of the unknown, isn't it? It's very That reminds me of like a scene from Handmaid's Tale where you're yeah. like, I get there, but I might not get back. And then like, I'm going to be in the And that's my that. thing. <laughs>
1: uh, well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, if I can go my normal way, then that's fine. Just drive through New York into Massachusetts. But if I have to go like way East, like hit Maine to get, like, that's not worth it. And then it's like, technically I should self-isolate with the boys for two weeks when I'm there. I'll probably have to self-isolate for two weeks whenever I come back. So that's a month worse off than I am right now yeah so, so true and oh, I'm and not convinced that, that being good. with my parents for an extended period of time is a good idea
0: yeah yeah my my sister's actually living with my mum at the moment because she's um high, high risk and it's your yeah, sister it's, is my, or your mom is my no my sister is my sister um is. she has a autoimmune disease and she's a nurse so Oh Obviously God! The two things aren't ideal. No. Um, and she lives in London, and it's too densely populated, and yeah. the list goes on. But she's like, you know, I know I'm in the right place, but it is weird at 33 to move back mm. home as a single person, and you know, even just have your mum want to help you. So, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I basically screamed at my mum to leave. So, <laughs> <laughs> And she was going to go stay in a hotel, but it was like the weekend of like, which I would never have been okay with otherwise. Anyway, I was like, you're not going to stay in a hotel. Like our house is big enough. You don't have, we don't have to be on top of each other. I don't like, I just need you to go and not have a plan to come back until I need (laughs) you. back." Cause that's the thing. It's like, she would leave and someone else would come. And it was always this, like, I was never alone for more than three or four
0: days. And And it's a lot, isn't it?
1: That's not. And the thing is, is like our day to day is not much different than it was before. It's not like he was here with us all the time.
0: No. Do you want to maybe talk about that at the beginning? Because I feel like such a big part of the reason um, you want to share your story. And I guess like we've spoke a lot more in recent times. So I feel like we've always had like a bit of a connection on Instagram. And yeah, said for sure. Lovely bits when um, Cub was born. Um, but I feel like because of your story and how, how it's evolved, Mm -hmm. it would almost be weird to mention what's been happening with you at the end. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, do you want to kind of explain that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'll let you go. So
1: I moved to Toronto for my husband, Warren, and just this past July, he was killed in an accident at work on a film, uh, testing a film gag. Um, uh, They were flipping a car and it didn't, it went wrong. Wow. And I talked to him probably a minute before it went off. I called him to ask him about a pizza place out near the beach we were at. And mm-hmm. he, you know, he answered because it was me. And he was, he was like, "John, I'm about to flip a car. Can I call you back? Which is a very, that's in our world, that is a normal thing. Yeah. And um, you're
0: also from the film industry, aren't you? And that's how you... Yeah.
1: We met, in, we met on a movie. I was working in Los Angeles for a producer turned mm-hmm. director and he was brought up here to direct a film and that's how we met. We were what's called a showman's, and we're a <laughs> showmance made good.
0: <laughs> yeah. And how many um,
1: years ago was that? Because your children- That were- was, yeah, that was 2020. It was almost 13 years ago. Wow. Yep. It's funny to think that I've lived in Toronto longer than I've lived anywhere but my parents' house.
0: Wow, At that, this point? that's also weird. Yeah. Yeah. But We're getting to the point where we've, as a couple, started to live together longer than other places, which is also weird. Yeah. And obviously, your kids become a marker, don't they? Because they've also never lived anywhere else. And it's yes. weird. I find that really weird sometimes where I think, you know, they're comp- they've never lived anywhere else, but I don't resonate with any part of their upbringing.
1: Yeah, you don't consider yourself Canadian in any way. Yeah,
0: it's weird. But yeah, sorry, carry on. So, you, that call must have been such a pivotal moment like in your life then because it's so close.
1: Well, it was, it's crazy. It's crazy how it kind of just comes back to you sometimes because mm-hmm. it's funny. The pizza place I was calling him about, he had been working with this other guy who's our friend. And so, I don't know how much later it was, like 30 minutes later or something, mm-hmm. I get a call from this guy, Shuba. and. And he's like, Jen, there's been an accident. And, but didn't really tell me anything. And at that point, they didn't know anything. And we had just got set up out at Coburg Beach. And I have to like tell the boys. At first, I was like kind of annoyed. I'm like, what did he like break a bone or something? Like, whatever. Why are you calling me about this?
0: Yeah. And you're thinking, we're having a nice time right now. Like, you don't want to interrupt it.
1: Warren was the safest guy like if you anybody you ask in town who knew him he was he would call gags like when there was tons of money going into it because he just didn't feel like it was safe and so like it never like it just didn't compute that it could be anything like that and so then I'm like I got a sense from him that it was bad enough that we had to come back and so I'm like trying to pack the boys up making them change making them pee making them do all this stuff which I mean, you have small children. That's not easy. And I don't know if you've ever been to Coburg Beach, but everything, it's a beautiful beach, but everything's far away from each other when it comes to little legs walking. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we had to do all that. And then I started kind of freaking out. And then I'm trying to call my mom and try to put a movie on in the car. Thank God we had screens in the car. And just driving back, and trying to figure out, are we going to a hospital? And where am I going home? Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Different people are calling. No one's telling me anything. But your brain is so weird. It like, I'm like, I'm not going to be a widow. Like, that's just, he. like, yeah, that's not going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? But then I'm like, oh my God, like, because somebody at one point said something about the head. And I was like, just thinking of like, recovering from a, like a head injury. And then I was like, oh my like what? And all of this stuff. But it was still like, there's no way. Like he's not, it wouldn't go there. Yeah, yeah, and, and then one of his business partners called, and he's like, um, "Why don't you just go home?" Or I'm like, "I'm going to my friend's house because unless you think my, the boys need to come with me wherever I'm going," he's like, "I just want to come pick you up." I'm like, "Okay, fine. I'm going to my friend's house. This is where I'm going." And so I got there a little bit before him, and and then uh, thankfully it happened to be they were very good friends of ours, and her husband had taken the week off work, and they were both home. So Chris was downstairs with the boys playing in the basement and they were loving it. Cause their kids were at camp and they're like, Whoa, we get to play at their house. Yeah. And so he was keeping them occupied. And, and John came in and, and told me, and I was with my friend, Jen. And, and that's
0: moment you found out.
1: Yeah. That's when I actually found out. And oh. so it was pretty crazy. And it just, yeah. It's still really kind of surreal to think about.
0: I can, yeah. I, I feel like it's, such a life-changing thing isn't it and it's still quite recent for you well it's still recent yeah no, no, it's almost 10 recent. months yeah well thank thank you for sharing it and talking with me about it because I feel like that's just such a fresh memory and it's funny because I like I remember seeing I think I saw you it, a picture of you guys online in an in an article about it -hmm. And you know, sometimes you're just scrolling on your phone as you do, and you're kind of like stopped in your tracks by something. And I was like, "Oh, I know her. Oh, what a lovely family photo." And I didn't like read anything. It was just like within something, and then something just made me be like, "Hang on a minute, why is this in the news?" Yeah, why is a whole family in the paper? And then I sort of looked back, and then like I was reading it, and like just like the blood was draining from my face. I was like, "No." that just yeah it just I don't know it really like stopped me in my track so living that just must be just the hardest thing ever yeah
1: well the public nature of it like that part of it was very weird I mean I get it Mm -hmm. worked on a lot of stuff and I mean and and especially in recent years I joke because I started getting like a lot of people on Instagram like he worked on a lot of nerd content so I was getting like all of these comments from and I'd click on things and nothing nothing rude or weird or anything like that but but like you know comic book nerds and and movie nerds are like they're intense yeah Uh, and and so that was which I knew and I knew the scope of his work a lot of people didn't really get it Mm -hmm. um but that was weird
0: to live that out because I hadn't even thought about that as a part of all this that it's not just like a private thing happening in your family mm-hmm. like behind I approve a press
1: release that day
0: I didn't have oh. to but one of my one of
1: my friends who was with me she was talking to somebody and she's like the studio wants to approve a press release and she's like you want to approve it like like telling me like yeah or get yeah. one of us to do it essentially like you want and I'm like yes and yeah yeah I do um not like the studio made me but if like she's like you ha- you want to see it before they release it and I'm like yeah you're right I do um it was weird um the Kobe Bryant of it all I found okay. it very triggering okay and kind of like how you and I kind of connected over like being expats and 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 grief and and different things yeah. like I just like I had this crazy thing where I just wanted to talk to Vanessa Bryant
0: yeah it's funny because I do feel like compelled sometimes and I did reach out to you for partly for that reason because I was like I have a very small inclination of like part of how you feel and I don't want to like belittle anything you've gone through because I think it is completely different um so but it was like even if like part of her feels like an ounce of how I felt and it's probably amplified by a million I was like I just need to tell her I'm sorry you know yeah I think and that it's shit and that that's just it but sometimes I don't know we've had lots of conversations about grief yeah and I think sometimes now like I've, as time has passed like past my own grief and I sort of think back about things I always try and think am I doing it like f- not for me because it's not about me but like you know sometimes when you want to reach out it's because you like you say you're triggered and you like, want to do something, be like, am I helping that person or am I trying to like make myself feel better in some way? Right. Um. But yeah, I can imagine that would be.
1: Well, especially cause like, I mean, it was obviously a way bigger, like public thing, but it was the same kind yeah, like to me, it felt sense. so similar. And I just wanted to be like, it's going to be so fucked up and I'm so sorry. Yeah. And, and, and like, I don't know. And just like on a, a much smaller scale, i have Been there in some way, and I'm—I mean, it's like the former film assistant to me. I was like, I must know somebody who knows his agent. Like, I'm sure I could find, I could get in touch with them if I wanted to. And then I was like, okay, slow your roll, and like, kind of where is this coming from? Like, yes, there was like the compassion of it all. Yeah, cool. Like, like, you don't, you know. But then I also thought of like the all of the random. Part of it was all of the people from like all different parts of my life who barely knew me. Um, that reached out with really kind words and, and I didn't respond to a lot of them, but I read everything and, and, and you can tell when it's coming from a good place and not yeah, where somebody needs you to like, kind of make, make them, them feel, feel better. better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah um, funny,
0: actually, I, I, I resonate with that in the sense that I got a lot of cards. Um, well, not a lot actually, like some cards from people who I didn't even think would remember who I was let alone go to the effort to send me a card in another country and like you know reach out to my sister or someone and like find out where I live um in particular like a guy I went to school with who I literally hadn't seen for like forever but Mm -hmm. um we'd bumped into him on our honeymoon and he sent a card um yeah to like my new house like six Mm -hmm. weeks after moving in another country and I was like wow that's just a really nice thing to do yeah and to receive those I think like to your point and why you was wanting to reach out to her is that those random things do sometimes make you feel even better than perhaps like you know your mum's saying how sorry she is because you know that those people are, are behind you but knowing that other people like really do care or mm-hmm. really do want to send you well wishes is actually quite nice um and
1: a lot of it, I think, is just, like, being seen and being heard. And even, like, I think what you're doing here, it, obviously
0: it's not about grief, but, you know. No, I think... Birth it,
1: is crazy and can be super traumatic. And
0: Oh, yeah, I think it's, like, all the feelings. And, like, it's really weird doing it at the moment because people are kind of, like, grieving their old lives and, like, struggling in some way. There's so much grief um, happening. And there's... Yeah, I feel like it's all kind of interlinked. And I felt for a while, I was like, oh, do I carry on doing this? Is it, like gonna traumatize people more but I think it's like what you said it's like feeling seen and heard and like documenting a moment in time which is why I wanted to ask people like if every episode that I do for this series is gonna go out while we're stuck inside then I might as well mention the fact we're stuck inside yeah (laughs) and
1: because like my son's class is doing a time capsule like this is a crazy and we have all these ways to document things, so why not?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I and I kind of think it speaks to what you said being seen because it's one of the biggest messages when someone, um, you know, I send out an email and say, oh, you know, if you'd like to chat to me, here are the questions and stuff, to get a sense of people. The biggest thing I see that as a pattern is that people want to document it and people want to be seen and to have their story heard when <clears> you know, they gave birth jumping out a plane or whether they just had a really straightforward um yeah, but there's always something and I think we all sort of share that of wanting to have our our voices heard in some way. So and this is obviously losing your husband is such a big part of well your story, your life, um yeah. your kids' life and um I guess like you said, it really, it really um, struck me um, in your email when you said um, like, I'm the keeper of all the stories. So yeah. I document it. Yeah. Um, that must feel like a lot of pressure though. It does.
1: And, and especially like when it comes to, 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 their births. And I think you said something about how like women wanting to be seen as it relates to this. I think especially with your first because yeah. nothing really prepares you. You have no freaking
0: oh, clue. And it's so funny, the things you say of your first, you're like, you know, you say it as if like, you're the expert and then you do it and you're like, oh, why did I say this? Why did I say yeah. that? Yeah. Whether and it's because... Things like that in is, general, I suppose. Sorry. it's
1: actually parenting or just like going through like labor and delivery and all of that. and mm-hmm. And I can't remember... I must have been, yeah, I was pregnant with Logan and one of my oldest friends, her son is like six months older and I was at my folks house that summer and I was pregnant and she brought um, her kids over and it, she knew it was her last. And she's like, honestly, what made me the saddest about it is she's like, I loved that time in like labor and delivery. Cause it was just Randy and I, and we were just a team, yeah. you know, and that's the only time. That we get to be a team like that.
0: It's not that you're not a team in I'll other parts of your memory man. for you. Then like birth even more than like I can understand that. Um, but it's not, you know I have someone else to bounce it back off of. I mean sometimes I speak to my husband about it and he's like, no, that didn't. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's in my birth note, so I'm right. And well, <laughs> yeah, but so and like, there's a part of you have that person to yeah. remember the things or. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Well, and like my sense of time of it all is very like skewed, quite frankly. But yeah,
0: um, but I guess it's still very sacred moments that you had with him, regardless of his passing. Yeah. But it's more so now, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. I mean, still, like, it's funny, you know, I have pictures because you, know, you take all the pictures with you first of like me all pregnant yeah. with Logan. And I think we tried to do family pictures when I was pregnant with Wyatt, and those were a joke. Um, yeah, but not
0: that far this
1: time. Uh, oh your third forget I I mean my week my mother could wallpaper a house with how many baby pictures she has of me because I'm the first and the Mm -hmm. and the fourth it's his because at home I don't know I don't know if they still do but when I we were born they would do a a, a picture in the hospital like a little portrait thing in the hospital so they have that one and then his one year picture and there's like
2: just
1: really nothing, nothing. <laughs> so but like I, I look at these pictures and I'm like oh I really liked being pregnant like even with why it was hard but I liked that
0: what and loathe within that for you like what did what did you enjoy about being pregnant
1: um I just I don't think I've ever felt so like in my body does that make sense like and with Logan I just was really lucky because I got offered a job on a movie right after we found out I was pregnant, right after we moved into this house. And right. it was funny because Warren was like, you're not taking it. And I kind of looked at him. He's like, well, you can do what you want to do, but I don't think you should do it.
0: And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm
1: like okay, I'm not going to do it. But you're not telling me I'm not going to do it. Yeah,
0: it's going to be my choice. <laughs>
1: um, just because like a film set in terms of like, isn't, isn't the best place for a pregnant woman to be in terms of, yeah. of just like, atmosphere and people's freaking smoke like ridiculous not on the set but like the second you walk outside and
0: um imagine there's not much um like I haven't worked in film but I've watched worked on a lot of shoots doing hair and makeup and no one really cares if you have somewhere to be or if you have a kid to pick up or no um really any responsibility of any kind um especially what what I was where I was in the pecking order anyway but yeah I -hmm. can imagine it's like Oh, you're pregnant. Oh, okay. Whatever. Like see you tomorrow. (laughs) I mean like on a personal level, I'm sure they care, but on a professional level, it's like when you're in work mode. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, we'll finish at one or two or whatever time. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you'll still be here for three hours after we finish. Um, (laughs) no. And it's funny. I had to go in and train the girl who was going to work for my producer. And, uh, I was, I don't know. I don't, I think I was 12 weeks pregnant or maybe a little bit more. I don't know. But I remember being in the office and like my brain and my body wanted to go into like work mode and just, I kind of walk with a purpose when I'm like working and, and and I was getting winded and I was like, what the, I'm like, I can't even do my job the way I want to. Even if I wanted to do this right now, like I was just like, no, it's a good thing I'm not doing this.
0: Yeah. And was there any any part of your pregnancy that you didn't enjoy or, was it just that kind of like high that you kind of imagine when you are sort of younger and you look like watch all the movies and stuff?
1: With, with Logan, with my first, um, I had a bit of like nausea, but nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. It would have to happen often at night. And there were like, I would cook certain things in like, those like first 12 weeks mm-hmm. that, um, I'd cook it. And Warren would come home I'd be like, yeah, I made a pot roast. I'm not eating it. But have fun. Or I made a yeah. chicken pot pie. Apparently I made the best chicken pot pie I've ever made in my life when I was pregnant and I didn't need it <laughs> according to, according to Warren at that point in time. So, um, there was a little bit of that, but I mean, I wasn't working. I really didn't have any responsibilities mm-hmm. and I got the energy boost that everybody talks about. I mean, I baked, I don't know, I think 150 cupcakes for my friend's wedding when I was six and a half months pregnant. Wow. Uh, we had four okay. weddings that summer. We rarely had weddings to go to because like, or we wouldn't necessarily go because my friends are further away and, and all of his like people were older and already married. Right. So of course like that summer we had four weddings to go to. Um And
0: one I was in. Good job. Uh, you wasn't working on the movie and you could like dedicate your summer. to, yeah, to So doing you, like, weddings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um But uh uh, no, I felt good. And my big thing was, you know, I had my due date in my mind and I'm like, this kid is not coming sooner mm-hmm. because I just, what, for whatever reason, I wasn't okay with that. Okay. Um, I, I just was like, September 21st, like that he can come that he, I didn't know he, I say he now, cause I know it's a boy, but yeah. um, baby can come then or later. And I'm okay with that. I mean, Warren did work until the week before I was due.
0: Mm-hmm. um and was was that is that part of um well, obviously being in the film industry did it make a difference I would have he would have he had been working anyway or did he have like a pat leave kind of situation no he has no that, leave. He, kind of work it out around things
1: he the show was wrapping he actually was working on the show I was offered a job on
0: yeah.
1: um and I I don't remember if he just said, I'm leaving this day or they actually finished shooting or what. It was close to the end of shooting. So he maybe left like kind of with
0: good time, a little
1: bit early. Um, And then he committed to not taking any jobs till Christmas. But the beauty of the film industry is he ended up being off until April, which is not ideal, but it was nice to have him around because that time afterwards um, was
0: really hard. At the first, with your first. Yeah. Um, did you have a, any sort of like birth plan with um, Logan's your first right? Yeah. Um, did you have a birth plan? And like, what, what were your expectations?
1: So I really like to do yoga. And mm-hmm. like, we get our food from a farm. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I like really pretty things and nice things. But in general, I, like when it comes to like, medicine like we went for our hospital visit and I was like I don't know maybe I want to have this baby at home like I I don't know if I really want to go to the hospital meanwhile his mom's a nurse I think her sisters were all nurses like he's like I'm okay with the midwife I think that's great but we're doing this in the
0: hospital right so you kind of made your compromise together
1: and yeah I mean I had said all along hospital and then when we were actually were at the hospital I was like I hate hospitals like I don't want to do this here
0: but I can I can understand that
1: but I wasn't gonna fight like I. I it wasn't like I'm gonna like fall on my sword over this and whatever. But
0: um, I wasn't thrilled about that. Um, I just I well, kind of. Sometimes like, birth sounds like really nice and magical, as like a thought when it's not actually something you're doing. Does that make sense? As when you) big thing was
1: like he's like you're doing like you know six weeks and I'm working like how are we going to prepare for this and I'm like oh, I don't know we'll just figure it out like that's how I do things
0: like oh, we will just figure it out yeah <laughs> um but uh so I just your plan then to just figure it out or did you have more put in place than that
1: I basically said, like I did a lot of like, I read like an Ina May book and I, I was like, I want to do, I would like to do this with no intervention. My mom had four babies with no interventions. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to do that. But if we're there and we're in it and I say, I want the drugs, don't question it. Let me have the drugs. <laughs> yes. Because I recognized that I didn't, like I was, I couldn't know what it was, like how it was going to feel.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I think those books are the Ida May Gaskin books are I think they're so wonderful from mindset um, and just they're just nice reads aren't they before when you're giving before you give birth or really at any point if you want to read them
1: yeah um, to kind of let you know what's possible that it is yeah, possible.
0: exactly but it's also like if you've never had one because I, I read them all before I had Bodhi and then I was like oh yeah just give me the epidural because yeah. I mean, yeah. And I got induced and stuff. So it was a different story, but yeah. Like you just, you just don't know, do you? you you're hoping no. for the best, but also preparing for every, every eventuality, I suppose.
1: I mean, I was 12, so I was 35 when I had Logan. hmm Yeah, am I doing that right? Yeah, thirty-five when I had Logan. (laughs) Um, So I feel like I was like kind of old enough to to know that like yeah, I can have all these like pie in the sky dreams, but like when you're in it, you you just
0: don't know what the hell's gonna happen. Yeah, and really like so true of birth in general, isn't it? Like,
1: I mean, it's life, but yes, very true of birth. And mm -hmm. I I didn't want any interventions, but with all of the stuff that I did, Mm -hmm. my mind it was like, well, I'm not gonna have a C-section.
0: Oh, so that wasn't even in your mind. Like, it's just, not, it's just not even
1: gonna. It won't happen. Like, it's not gonna happen.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. And then I end up with an emergency C-section. <laughs> um, how,
0: did that, how did that play out then? Like, did you did your waters break? Like, how did your birth in general play out with Logan? So, because um, you obviously wasn't expecting that from. From what you're saying
1: no I mean I don't I have no there's no no, nothing to say that like I shouldn't have a c-section I wouldn't be having a c-section but in my mind like
0: oh yeah I, I can I can totally emphasize though because I've always been like oh I, hopefully I won't need a c-section but you're kind of like saying it but when you're actually in it I imagine that's quite a scary thought
1: well um, so we I was overdue I was doing on Friday and it was Sunday and we Oh, I love the Leslieville Farmers Market. We would drive out. We would drive over to that, and and it was when it was still pretty teeny. And like honestly, I liked to go because I wanted to eat hooked fish tacos. And um, I was sitting at a picnic table eating my fish taco, and we were there with really good friends. um, And there, oh God, Hank must have been like 13 at the time Do you know what? I
0: think I've seen you post a picture of that. there's a video there's a video yeah, I've, I've seen that video. that's so funny like I was just thinking I have a really vivid memory of this now. yeah
1: Yeah. I was sitting at a picnic table and like I felt the contraction and and felt the contraction I was like oh oh and I'm like you know this is like real and like I don't know how I knew it was but I just knew that it was and and Shaq who was taking the video was like I'm like they're like oh my god you got to get up yeah, I got to go like should we take your groceries i'm like everybody calm down i'm not sure i can get up i have
0: them right this second but
1: <laughs> the baby's not coming out right now um i don't know if i can get up and they're like well you don't want your water to break at the car at the park and i'm like i don't want my water to break in the car cuz then we got to clean it and um, so anyway, we, we, we got up, I waddled back to the car and I basically had, there was no like water break. It was like a kind of a slow leak and the mm-hmm. midwives met us at the house. I was like, I just want to go back to my house because our compromise was that I would labor at home for as long as I could. Right. Getting to the hospital as soon as they said. So the midwives came here
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I labored here for a while. And I think it, really freaked my dogs out. Oh,
0: was, really? I think so. They were weird after. <laughs> <to me>. <laughs> <laughs> and animals seem to have this like sense of like I don't know I, I've had so many conversations with people like yeah this cat was being weird with me and then you know I went into labor the next day or or oh. like, the cat was sitting on my lap and wouldn't get off and then you know whatever or same with the dog so maybe love my I'm belly not, but, but it makes sense I don't know, something
1: about like me laboring and like in the tub and out of the tub and downstairs and upstairs and like all over the place and all the windows were open. I think my, the midwife was like, your
0: house is so cold. I'm like, I'm
1: dying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, how
0: long, how long did you stay at home for?
1: It was like noon. I think we went to the hospital, like I think at labor started around noonish, and we went to the hospital around six.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the funny thing about the drive to the hospital is we, um, we hadn't agreed on names for boys yet.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. He, for a girl, he, he just didn't have much of an opinion, but he had these opinions about a boy's name if it was a boy and he had a pick and I had a pick and we hadn't really met in the middle on the picks. And I live like at the bottom of Morningside and we have to go over train tracks as we're going to the hospital and we're like going over the train tracks. And I think it was like mid contraction. I was like, if it's a boy, we can name it Logan. I just like, (laughs) I gave it up and he didn't like, He didn't play me. He didn't, like, try to get his way. Like, I just gave it up. Yeah. And, I mean, I I don't have a problem with that name. I, being a Jennifer, born in the 70s, like, to shy away from more popular names. Yeah. That was, at the time. Yeah. Um, Was my biggest issue with it. But, uh, yeah, I just... Give it
0: up, out almost.
1: Yeah, it's like i just like it's like the contraction just like sh- it was like eh, so. You know,
0: um, as um my I'm I'm someone who's obviously has called my children slightly obscure things, um particularly God bless him, um but that's always been my theory is that if you say it either like mid contraction or when the baby comes out, no one can question you. Yeah, is obviously the midwife, OB, or whoever is gonna say. Oh, that's lovely. That's beautiful. And then your husband can't argue with you. So that's always been, but you've basically done that.
1: (laughs) I know I did. I did it though. And I was like, I mean, it's again, it's a wonderful name. I never, it was never the kind of thing that I had a Mm -hmm. problem with. Yeah, Like I did not like the name. It was just
0: my own kind of whatever. Um, Yeah. So that's very funny. (laughs) Um, And um, how awful is it laboring in a car? Can I just say? (laughs) It's horrible, isn't it? We to get on like the
1: 401. We like it was just how far? Yeah, I don't it's not even that far, but but we still mean on
0: the 401. Are you talking like half an hour, 40 minutes?
1: No, like 20 minutes,
0: not even Okay, even even that though, like I've only done one 20 minute drive in a car whilst with Briar and I basically nearly gave birth in the midwife's car blesser. So um I can empathize, it's just was the worst bit for me. Mm. Um I, and barely remember I, there, and I How, did it, how did it play room. out when you got there then? If,
1: um... We got there and um, we got a room pretty quickly. Like the midwives had called and made sure like, you know, whatever was going on and nothing had changed by the time we got there. And um, uh, we got a room and like, I mean, we had a yoga ball and pillows and all of this stuff. And, and the funny thing is after, um, whenever we knew anybody who was pregnant, Warren was like, Bring all the things because at some point someone's going to tell you to get the things out of the room and you get a break. <laughs> because, like, I tried to sit on the ball, I was like, I don't like it. And so, so then somebody was like, Get it out of here. <laughs> um, because my, our friends, um, Shaq, who took that, that video that you saw, he's yeah. a stunt guy and, and whatever. And, and he said, You're basically your wife is the director. And like the midwives and doctors are the producers and you just do whatever they tell you to do. And so he was like, that's what was in his head. And so that's what he did. Um, So he was really, really good. Um, Like that was a great analogy for him to have, I think. Um, But it was just, um, I did, I was doing, I, I, what I remember um, is that I was doing okay and like Things were moving along, and you know we were in the room. I was in and out of the tub, and which like water I found really worked for me that first time. And I was like, I'm doing this. This is good. Like I I was managing, and it was okay. And then I don't know if things stalled per se, but we tried to push, and it wasn't really happening. Um, And I was tired. And then like baby started decelling, and they were able to like, I think stabilize things. But then my midwife was like, you're just exhausted. You need a rest. I think you need to get the epidural, have a nap. You know, Mm -hmm. we can pull you off of it. You can push, everything will be fine. And I was like, "If that, I'm like, and that was my favorite thing about having a midwife. Cause again, I didn't necessarily want that stuff. I was open to it if I asked for it, Mm -hmm. but I kind of just trusted her. Yeah. So it's like, if you're telling me this, then I, And you know me, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to trust you. But I got the epidural, and I mean, it worked, but I felt like I was freezing from the inside out. Right. Wow. So it worked in that I wasn't feeling a lot, but Mm -hmm. I actually didn't like not feeling a lot. And then the cold, and it was not a pleasant experience. um, Interesting. rest and then I believe I pushed some more and then he just wasn't coming out.
0: And, and you're obviously not enjoying it at the point you're having all these like weird sensations.
1: No, it was like I just I felt like my teeth were chattering. Nothing about it was was I mean not that even just laboring was pleasant per se. No, but it, it, But it, I was doing it and I was like oh my gosh I'm like this is you know it, 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 yeah. it's, it's manageable and I can like you know it's working. Um and then he started deselling more, and so. Um,
0: um, to me. I don't know how to turn off messages without not hearing you. It's so. <laughs> not my phone. I'm not like being weird. Um, it's just I'm technically challenged. Oh, oh I
1: f- I don't remember how to do it. I figured out how to do it because I was just like on a Zoom with friends or something.
0: How so annoying i probably More should redeeming. maybe if i turn my phone off anyway um it's i mean it's fine to uh, about it. It, yeah it doesn't bother me unless
1: it's like gonna mess up the no,
0: actually i think if i turn my phone off because you're they're connected right and if oh I, yeah maybe yeah okay let's try that it's um, people yeah. messaging me about their roots <laughs> like I have some magic way of teaching people how to highlight a home I'm
1: super super glad that I'm as low maintenance about most things as I am like I don't get lashes done I don't get Botox I mean I do color my hair but it's done so I only have to go three times a year
0: oh that's what I was (laughs) gonna say like ombre has never like paid off more has it no um sorry I feel like I interrupted you really no that's okay um
1: but so so he was his heart rate was 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 dropping and 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 decelling and the midwife left and she came back and she's like you know the OB is going to come in, um, she's probably going to recommend a C section you know if you want to try to push again and use forceps or vacuum and as much in my mind as I was against like I was not against I just like I wouldn't allow myself to go to that place where it was a C section,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I really didn't want those other things. Yeah, I was like, because there's no guarantee that they're gonna get it out,
0: and then you just yeah, you
1: just and then you end up with the C-section anyway. So I was just like, I mean, if I was like, and you think that's what I should do? You think I should do the C-section? And she was like, yes.
0: And did you um, find because you was tired? Because um, I had this last time with Bri, I was like, oh, I could do this for another hour, but I'm kind of spent. And like you're saying with your midwife, like really, like trusting them is so key mm-hmm. to kind of thinking you've got all the experience you've seen this played out a million times and like what is the best option at this point given you know all things yeah. considered?
1: well and that's just kind of what what I did because mm-hmm. you know I didn't feel like I didn't and and maybe this was naive but I didn't feel like like she was trying to rush me through anything right you know what I mean like yeah yeah, yeah. where it can sometimes And this, I don't even know why I think this. This is just the impression I get, where it's kind of like just trying to get people in and out, get them in and out. Like if it's a busy night, you gotta get them out, like move them, you know, like a restaurant, turn those tables. Um, (laughs) Baby in, baby out. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, keep it moving. Um, You know, and 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 I just I didn't I trusted her. I just I trusted her. Like, and it was so funny because the funny thing with our midwife, and she's lovely. um, She did our like what is a midwife info session that all these like new pregnant, you know, couples mm-hmm. were at. Um, and she's Persian and she's a very heavy accent and Warren's like, I can't understand her. And so then you have to go up to her at the end and say, yeah, we want to sign on. And like, you know, whatever. And we do that. And we're just like, I and he's like, I hope she's not her midwife. And like, she seems a little like, you know, like really like more hippy dippy than even I would want to go. <laughs> and she ended up being our midwife. <laughs> Well, but was like couldn't have been on. actually couldn't have been a better fit. Because for as yeah. opposite of me as she was in so many ways, I think that's what really worked. Yeah. Um but it's funny because she was our my midwife for both both babies. Um oh, so yeah. it's, just, it's so
0: nice to have yeah. the same one twice, isn't it? Yeah. Um Not So that, that was, have, but I feel like everyone's kind of rooting for that if if you're really happy with your midwife the first time. Yeah. It's so nice to have like repeat group of people there. I think there's something so um comforting um in whoever they are but yeah particularly but, I mean my secondary was was
1: different. But actually it's funny, my doula with Wyatt was Megan who was your very first episode.
0: Oh, and she was nearly my doula because I had her partner her partner um in her like doula business was my first doula. Taylor? Yes Taylor was my doula. And um, again, like I desperately wanted to have her with um, Cub and, well, and beyond. But yeah, she had moved and that didn't work out. And then I was going to have Megan and then she stopped being yeah. uh, a doula. And yeah, um, she, um, I was her first. Horrible. birth. I've had a lot of people message me about her being like, oh, I heard her story, but she was my doula and she was great. Um, well, I was her very first birth. Oh, was you? Oh, wow. Oh, that's so nice.
1: I met her at prenatal yoga teacher training two weeks before I had Wyatt. So
0: you teacher training? too? mm -hmm. Oh, wow.
1: I met her at that at Trona Yoga Mamas, and there were a lot of doulas in our class. And it was like while I was there that I was like, oh, I think I need a doula. Because actually with Logan, well, Logan, we were really lucky because I agreed to have um, a midwifery student um observed she was like a first term midwifery student Mm -hmm. but she was she had been a doula before she went on to become a midwife so i kind of had it got a doula for free Mm -hmm. in on that day anyway and warren was like yeah we need one of those um and i had coffee with megan like i don't know i mean i really like her warren's like she's free (laughs) because she wanted experience yeah um like not completely free but like he was like you know because they're in they're not inexpensive I think they're so worth it but I'm wanting to like dive into this two weeks before I have the baby
0: (laughs) yeah no I've I've been there as well and I actually didn't have a doula this time but mostly because I everyone I wanted wasn't available and yeah I think somehow weirdly just before you give birth all of these random costs start hitting you for things and yeah anyway it was I I chose um a bassinet that gets your baby to sleep which has never paid off I know. Better. so that um, that thing looks amazing I could have used that it is incredible so that was that's my postpartum doula which is also paid off because no one can come to your house and help you now I, so I know right as well I have a machine thank
1: god you bought that thing the best <laughs> yeah. money you've ever spent
0: yeah and I feel for people at the moment who don't have the ability to have a doula because. I think just again knowing you can have one, whether you choose it or not, is just so key. Like having those choices. So, mm-hmm. well, um, or
1: even just like the support uh, of I, somebody. Like
0: I just can't imagine. I was um, uh, had I given birth like two months later, it would have been a totally different story. And I just, I just well, can't and.
1: I mean, it's different every time and it's never easy, but like at least, at least you've done it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like Like I feel, I really feel for first time mums right now who, you know, they're going into these situations with, like you were saying with Logan, with expectations and thinking this and thinking that, but then this whole other layer of like unknown and Mm -hmm. then whatever plays out, plays out, let's face it without this uh, COVID-19 going on, but to come out the other side and not really be able to seek any of the help you want must be just really, really hard. Um, well, yeah,
1: and I just think like, so I ended up with an emergency C-section. I lost a lot of blood. I had developed an infection in labor with Logan. Wow. Um, we both had to be on antibiotics, but yeah. because I had lost a lot of blood, they wouldn't let me stand. It was at least 12 hours, maybe longer and post c-section you want to get up walking as soon as you can And
0: what's the reason for that
1: i don't i don't know exactly
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think it just makes recovery easier right for whatever reason i was able to i've heard with, that
0: a lot i just wasn't sure if there i was... don't
1: i actually don't know exactly but i can say that i was able to with wyatt and my recovery was much easier right in terms of physically
2: yeah. um
1: I I, um, I think there is very little attention paid to, and there's more now like with the girls from 100 Days and, and things about that experience after. Mm-hmm. Um, but even as somebody who did all of the work and kind of did a lot of the reading and kind of had not set ideas, but ideas of what I wanted things to be, I mean, it didn't occur to me that I'd be like leaving the hospital in maternity clothes and, you know, even be buying some after I had the baby, or okay. you know, and then just the physical part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just mentally, like they don't talk often about how much independence women lose when they have a baby.
0: Oh my god, I know I had it, dreaded that this time more than anything else, mm-hmm. like losing myself again to. Being yeah. a mom, um, and I'm still in that, but yeah, it's very. I don't think I think you're completely right there. It's just such an under-talked about subject.
1: Yeah, and and how much sense of self you kind of like let go of, and I don't think I even realized that that was probably the root of a lot of what was going on with me until very recently, like within the last year. Wow. Um, as why it kind of became more independent, and I could, you know have a I mean, think yeah do my own things and, and and whatever um it's it's you just you lose a lot you lose a lot and it's not that it's not worth it and it's not that it doesn't kind of come back in a better or different way but like it's like literally this baby is inside and you're still doing all the things and whatever and then they're out and your body is like friggin' Not even like how it looks, but just how you feel is completely messed up. And like, I remember a week later, um, there used to be a farm not far from here that they had a great farm store and, you know, it was end of September, beginning of October and my mom and Warren were like, let's go to Whittemore's. Let's do this. Um, and we're standing there in this farm store and I was like, I gotta go sit down. I was like, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just like my mom's like you look a little gray. I'm like yeah, I didn't want to come here. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, I'm gonna go sit down. You guys, you know, buy your pumpkins and apples, and I'm gonna sit over here with the baby. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah, it it, you just I mean, and you can't fully ever prepare anyone for that, frankly. But but I mean, there are people talking more about postpartum depression and trying to normalize that, but it's more than that and I make no mistake I definitely had that and told everybody I didn't and didn't come to terms with it until after my second baby but interesting more than
0: that, did having him sort of um him I'm referring to why did having him sort of force you to address it or like make you think about it retrospectively well I think
1: I remember when my mom and Warren said something to me about it. It was in February after Logan was born. Um, he was a horrible sleeper. Like when you were going through it with Cub, I was just like, oh, mama, like, I know. thing like
0: that horrendous sleep deprivation, which I've heard so many moms say this, where they're not sure if they're depressed or sleep deprived or both, or one is causing the other. Mm-hmm. Because how can you tell when you're so delirious and so tired?
1: Well, the really tricky thing with postpartum depression is a lot of those symptoms are things that are just attributed to being a new mom. Mm.
0: Yeah, and it's so true. And I think if you've had one already who was like, Bodhi was a pretty good sleeper. Or, I don't know, looking back now, I think I maybe was younger. I had a bit more adrenaline running through me. Was so happy to be a new mom. And now looking back, I'm, I am I'm not sure. I think... I was a lot of it was also like oh I mean you could
1: manage it you could whatever it was whether he was better or you just managed it better It 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 doesn't really
0: matter and then yeah and then you all of a sudden when you can't you can't and it's yeah it's really hard
1: but so like like a kid would go to sleep for like two 90 minutes and then be up for two hours it was horrendous
0: and then people also forget that you've got to get yourself to sleep in those increments in between. And that's what you I couldn't say, do. say, oh, well, you know, they were up for 90 minutes and then they were up again in 90 minutes. It doesn't necessarily mean you slept for those 90 no, minutes in between. No. You might have slept for 10.
1: Well, and I had my mom and my mother-in-law being like, oh, it can't be that bad. And then my mom was here and mm-hmm. saw that it was that bad. And she's like, none of you guys did this. She's like, I don't know. I have no idea what. Mm-hmm. To say or do um but they came to me and they, they were like you know maybe like really gently because I don't really take constructive any kind of criticism I actually take criticism okay but like just anything like, I just was like I'm not even an easy person to talk to always if it's about me <laughs> right. um not that I think anybody really is but
0: no I, mean, I, I can I completely resonate with that my husband always jokes that um I'm thin-skinned and that Bodhi is too <laughs> yeah um, well, no one ever wants to feel like, in the, especially as a mum, in the context of being a new mum, that they aren't doing a good job. And not that you aren't, but, like, anything that intimates that or makes you feel that that's being intimated is so um, hard.
1: And it's – in retrospect, I know that's not what they meant. And it's yeah. messed up that I felt like that's – not even what they meant, but that's how it made me feel. Like, mm there's something wrong also, if that's making feel that way.
0: there's so much pressure on us that we should never feel that but some reason we do we it's do. like the go-to thing that you think um which needs to change but you know it's still almost instinctive to feel like it's a criticism if you're ever asked that
1: yeah I think you know I think and it's one of those things as with everything that is changing slowly because you have more people speaking about it and
0: and the reasons I talk this week, it's just so hard to keep track of days. Um, but it's interesting that there's still these things going on in the background. Of like,
1: know, right. Like, I mean, I, quite, I keep, I keep about more. complete digression, but I keep talking, like everybody's bar has been lowered in quarantine. to mm-hmm. so like, you know, keep everybody alive. Yeah. And my, Big kind of bone of contention with that is that's been my bar since July 18th. Like, I can't go any lower. So, you suckers all get to like drop your bar, but what am I supposed to do?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think I've been saying this to Tim a lot this week. Like, I'm, I haven't been doing okay at points, but I've got you to fall back on. And I just, I think I can only attribute some of the, not even the things I'm doing well, but like, Anything I'm doing is because I still have that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know what I would be like, or I don't even know what I would be like as a parent if you take him out of the equation, and that must just be a really difficult thing for you to be living through. It because it, your parents a are team, aren't you? And even yeah. people who um they split up, they're still a team in some way, whether they're a yeah. good team or a terrible team. You it's, can still pass the child off if somebody is like failing or bring them and say they're doing this, they're doing that. You can't, you can't, you don't have that, obviously.
1: No, and you have friends, but it's it's different. Nobody else knows them the way we knew them, you know. Yeah. And um, that's hard. The hard part about this, like that, is where like I think a lot of the loneliness comes from. Mm-hmm. And you would like, I was protected kind of from feeling that. Um, until now, because I do have a great support system. So if I needed somebody, or they needed like a man, mm-hmm. I have these people that I can call on. And and for the most part, somebody would show up within twenty four hours, or even right away, if that's what we needed.
0: Yeah. Um, now you're just being like faced with the reality so head on.
1: Yeah, like we. I remember um, I was talking with a friend of mine who. Um, A friend from film who her husband died uh seven weeks before Warren. Um, yeah, um, he had been sick, but um I I was talking to her about like kind of the loneliness of this and she's like, Oh, I felt it hard at Christmas. And I'm like, you know, I did have some moments of it at Christmas, but again, we were with my family and there was stuff going on and and now like when it hits, it hits hard. Like if they were awake and we were doing this, they would be all over me. But they might not have talked to me for two hours before. Yeah. And there's nobody to like, you know, I feel like I'm always saying I need a minute, like give me a minute. And, and, and that's hard. Or, you know, a couple weeks ago when I had a really, I just, I had a really bad week. The loneliness really sank in. I was angry. I was scared. I was any negative, big feeling you could have. I had all of them and they, wouldn't go away like there was nothing none of my like tools none of my things
0: well also your tools aren't available all all the tools aren't available right now are they no whatever they are and whoever's experiencing anything and I think you're right that's a really scary place to be anyway but to Mm. also not to have that person who is your person to be like fuck what do I do
1: (laughs) or even like when I freak out at them to like in that moment when it's completely irrational even if i know it's completely irrational like i can't get out of it enough to be like i don't mean this right now like i was like that deep in a hole that i just for like a f- like 4 days i i just couldn't even like step back to say that wasn't the right thing i'm sorry but i need you know whatever and i and i got there and and where like you know the on the 5th day i i kind of did it and i stopped and looked at them i go I need to go lay down. I shouldn't have yelled that badly about that. You shouldn't have done it, but I didn't need to get that angry. Mm -hmm. Um, but for those four or five days, I couldn't do that. And to not have that person to be like, mommy's just having a hard time. Yeah. You know, so like for them, like hard for me, but also for them. And I'm so lucky that they are just as in tune with like feelings as they are. Um, Because even – because, again, like I've I've said, there's a lot of our day-to-day that that after Warren died is not very different. He worked a lot of hours. We were alone most of the time. Right. Um, Traveled alone a lot. Like, we were always kind of our own little team of three in our own way. Like, it was always like there was something missing, but we did it all. And I would have bad days, and I had a really rough stretch. Um, I was on the board of something, and I was just – Somebody was kind of attacking my character and I was, you can't take that, not take that personally. And I was always on edge and I would freak out and I would just like look at Logan at the time and I'd be like, you know, somebody's saying really mean things about mommy and it's making me really upset and I don't like it. And and that's why I'm getting this upset about this silly thing right now and I'm sorry. And whether or not he understood it, but I just have always kind of been very Mm -hmm.
0: forthcoming
1: with my feelings
0: with them do you know what, I'm sure that must make them as well adjusted and understanding or in tune with you as they are, because there isn't second guessing. And I think sometimes, you know, we underestimate our children in every way, in all different ways, or you talk over them, or you think they don't understand. And actually yeah. just saying as it is, um, is probably like the best thing you could do for them, even if you're having a hard time, and you're having to say those difficult things like, basically exactly what you described that yeah. well that really does help even if you don't feel it because I mean it doesn't Listening to you say that makes so much sense as to mm-hmm. why they would understand because you're just say like calling a spade a spade explaining and then like coming good on it by yeah you know, saying well now I feel better and like we're gonna move on whatever well
1: and like even you know tonight there was some some yelling before bedtime and and um, when I leave with both of them, I just kind of, why it's in this thing right now where he's like, I so stupid, I so little. And I think it's cause his brother probably tells him like he's dumb or whatever. Cause right, he yeah. What he do. Um, and it's like, well, you're going to grow and you're going to learn and it's going to be fine. And you know, mommy, sorry. She yelled. It's not cause you're stupid. Not that I said that, but he was like really hung he, up on he, it.
0: He taking things.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and then with Logan, I'm like, I'm sorry I yelled that way. I go, it's very frustrating to mommy when you guys, you know, don't clean up or don't do the, the few things that I expect of you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: or when I ask you to do something, I go out to take the trash outside and I come in and you still haven't started doing it. That makes me angry. And you know, at the end of the day, mama's always done. I'm just, I'm done at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. When I say it's bedtime, I mean it. It's not for a discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, I know. I'm like, but I shouldn't have yelled the way I did. And I'm really sorry for that. And I just, I think that not like just apologizing for the sake of it, but like letting them know that I know I didn't like, I got a little too angry about that Yeah, and that that's going to happen. And you're going to do that too. And you just have to own it and try to not do it again.
0: That I think that's a good like lesson in general like for your kids though and like for all of us because if you was just just go around shouting at them and never say anything and never apologize or to shout other people and never apologize Yeah, it's just the like owning something moving on from it and explaining it to them I think is the most important because we're all human and we're all going to go through shitty things to differing scales and degrees and so are they and I think it's so easy and like 2020 to um helicopter parent everyone and oh God. try and fix things but it just it's not reality is it because are unfixable and I think that's this situation has made me reflect on that a bit where I'm like some things just aren't fixable so like let's just not try and fix it let's just try and figure yeah. it out together or whatever yeah and, um, and I I
1: feel lucky that that's a weird way to put it but I don't know. I, I feel lucky that I've always parented them the way I have mm-hmm. um, because I, I, I'll i never forget. It was at uh, the Celebration of Life for Warren. It was in this big film studio and they were wrapping everything out. And basically the boys and their cousins were all in this room the whole time mm-hmm. playing and whatever and why it was the littlest. And the wildest Mm -hmm. and they probably were all bossing him around and he just runs terracing out of the room across this huge film stage screaming and crying. And I just scooped him up and I just sat down with him and, and I didn't care. Like people trying to like, be like, what can we do? And it's like, like we just kind of cocooned, but that's kind of something I would have done even like prior to Warren's accident. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: And is it because, did you just feel in that moment like nothing else matters? Like, it's like that instinctive mum thing where it's like, I just need to be there for my kid right now and that's it.
1: You know, like there's certain cries that they have that, you know, that they just need you to hold them and see, and they just want to be seen. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, whether they tell you why they're crying or not. like, there are just certain ways that they cry that you just need to stop and like sit with them. Um Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, I, and, and I kind of, I think I've always, I've never really cared what people think when I care very little about what people think anyway, but I've never cared. Like if I'm out with the kids and they're like kind of, acting out like if, it, if they're really like getting into other people's faces or space or whatever like even pre this it's like okay you like come on personal space yeah
0: well there's a difference between it like impinging on like if your kid's hitting someone for example then yeah hitting each other like everybody else can mind their own business right but i mean like yeah yeah um, you know
1: like you again happen. i'm out alone with them all the time so it's it's like I say to my mom, I spill on myself all the time. I'm 42 years old and she's still. we like, oh, Jennifer, again. And I'm like, how does this still bother you after 42 years? <laughs> if it bothered me as much as it bothered you, I'd be upset all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But like I'd be upset all the time if I was hung up on every little thing that they do. -hmm. You know, and they are kids, and they are little, and if people don't like them around, I don't, you know,
0: I think kick me out. Like, (laughs) you've got to get on and do whatever it is that you need to do to like live your life, because I don't know, I get that a lot with like three kids, where I bet that's not not the norm. Um, with them, because that's all we can do. I'll get people being like, "Oh, you can't believe that you're out! Like, good for you!" And I'm like, "I'm just gonna sit and hide inside." (laughs) I I mean this situation makes it very weird because yeah. that is something we are doing hiding inside, but it's like, <laughs> you've got to live your life however you want it to. And if I don't want to go outside or if you want to take them and they're going to act out or they're not going to act out. So what? Like, yeah, like, yeah, I think you've got to, you've got to do what you've got to do. Haven't you?
1: What's really interesting about this current situation is I feel, and it's, it's making me a little bit uncomfortable Is it's kind of like, Encouraging judgment. Like you have people calling 311 on other people. You have, at least in our little community, people posting pictures of people at parks. And mm-hmm. it's like, or I've seen certain things about moms at stores with kids. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck off. Because, you know, if I, I mean, I'm very lucky that I've not had to do that. And I probably won't. I've got the people that I can call. And I happen to get Instacart whenever I want to get it. It's just worked out that way for me. I've been lucky that way. Mm-hmm. Um, But if I have to go to the store, I have to go to the store and I either risk leaving them in the car and having someone call CAS on me or I bring them inside. Like, yeah, you just never know what someone's situation is.
0: A literal sign on the back of their kids being like, I don't know, whatever the reason, because there's millions of them, right? Where you take your kid in. um, Or I've thought about it where I'm like, what if my husband worked longer hours where I couldn't get to the store before or after work? Or what if your partners a or if you're on your own like yourself, or if your mm-hmm. partner's a doctor and you don't want to like expose your like germs, if you like, I don't yeah. know. There's so many scenarios. I mean, it's particularly hard. I like I'm a party of four. If I take my kids into a shop, and it's like actually, yeah, it's a nightmare to get in there. So I, I,
1: I mean, I didn't like to do it before. No. Believe me, I'm not going to do it now if I don't no, have no, to. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, you know I have been I've gone to get bread because I can leave two of them outside at the window and I can walk in with one but you're right it it is it is creating unnecessary um, judgment on others and from like a passing view where no one's thinking about which I think is so um, so true of like life now before COVID-19 where people like want to pass judgment on such a small snippet of something like trolling is part of that. There's mm-hmm. so many things that are part of that. Where actually, it's like, do you know the full story? And even if you do, have you walked in their shoes? No, so just shut up and like mind your own business.
1: <laughs> well, we were driving home. Where do we go? Oh, I think we were doing like curbside pickup at Home Depot or something, and Logan was like, why is that? guy in that car wearing a mask in his car i'm like i don't know I go, maybe he's like a delivery person and you really shouldn't be like touching the mask and he's just like gonna leave it on or maybe he's going to a couple stores who knows he goes yeah he goes and really we really should keep our nose out of everybody's business anyway and i was like exactly my friend
0: <laughs> yeah. kids just say it as it is sometimes and they're such a refreshing reminder like as much as i'm finding it really hard to be with three kids all day like the things yeah. Bodhi says and the craziness that Cub provokes is really helpful at times to kind of get yourself out of your own head and yes stop worrying about the bigger picture and just worry about the here and yeah. now yeah um so yeah that's it's so true but going back to Wyatt's birth like how yes. is his different Logan's
1: well I, i v back right I tried for a v back um and because I had dilated fully, I pushed fully, like everybody was basically on board with that because it wasn't that my body couldn't like go through all the steps I did that part very well mm-hmm. um I had to consult with an o b um they want you for a VBAC, you have to be at the hospital, obviously, they want you to get an epidural the second you walk in. And I was kind of like, I really pushed back on that because it didn't go well the, that first time. So I was like, no, I don't think so. Wow. Um, we had, it was again, two days over. <laughs> we wow. went to the midwife um, and she had done like a stretch and sweep the day before, I think. And we went back and she's like, oh, she's like, this is the amniotic fluid and they have a swab that they can test to see if it is and i will never forget this it turns black if it's amniotic fluid which i just think is really morbid like there can't be another chemical reaction they could come up I with like that it turns any other color
0: or like yeah some joyous <laughs> color other than just... I don't, black
1: okay Yeah. um but so it was so apparently i had again slowly kind of thing but the interesting thing with wyatt is that i had way more braxton hicks with him i like I, I don't know if you had this experience with either or with, the, with Cub or Briar, but like I felt very open and I think a week before my due date, I was four centimeters and 80% effaced. Yeah. Um, he still hung in there for like eight more days, nine more days, but. Um,
0: There's nothing worse than being told you're like, let's say four centimeters for you when you get there and they're like, you're four centimeters and you're like, yeah, I was like, I was that last Tuesday when I wasn't in labor so thanks
1: yeah I well and I was well it wasn't it wasn't in labor but I also was like oh crap I haven't packed a bag yet and like it was it was this whole like I just I don't know I was it was like I wanted this baby to come earlier like I want 30 weeks I was like so when is
0: safe to have him
1: (laughs) (laughs) um she's like 37 plus 7 and I said
0: it's not that much fun uh the second time around I think like in the last stages I I, I haven't enjoyed subsequent like third trimesters
1: I didn't feel as good in that pregnancy and and whether it was the pregnancy or just having a two-year-old or whatever it wasn't bad it wasn't hard I mean I had more nausea in the beginning
0: um I think that's so typical of like subsequent pregnancies though and I think I always forget like you you become older like you're not doing it at the same standards that you did before you're an older person with less sleep and more less energy and everything so it's not Um, it's never a fair comparison is it really
1: no no not at all but um so it wasn't as great but I just was like I just I don't know I wasn't as into it I was like this baby can come whatever like I just and I had I feel like I had a lot of anxiety around and I don't know if it's being an oldest and not that I even remember when my brother was born, but I remember when they told me that they were pregnant with my, my, my last brother, my, the the fourth, I kind of looked at the, my brother and sister. I was like, I don't like the ones we have, that do we have to have any more. Wow. And you have this I mean, I was nine at the time, that. but I I was like, I just, I, Logan and I, ha, cause I'm at home with him and we just, we were like this little team and we did all the things and we had a lot of fun and I had, and he, he has always been really sensitive and I just was really worried about what our life was going to look like
2: mm-hmm.
1: and knowing how you can't know and how unknown it all is, but it just like gave me a lot of anxiety and so I just kind of wanted to get to that part
0: <laughs> yeah like to see how it's going to play out so you don't have to. and, and just
1: figure it. it out and it's not that I needed it to be all figured out but I wanted to be in it and start figuring it out yeah um, it's such
0: a I don't know like having your first is is just an experience you can never gain again and I think I had this whole thing of coming to terms of a second where I was like oh it's not like rinse and repeat the first one it's like we've already got that one it it's just not too comparable like first mat leave second mat leave aren't the same like but you're kind of imagining like just rewinding and starting again rather than taking it as a completely separate experience yeah I did find that easier this time to think like we're adding another person to the family like forget any expectations which is lucky considering what's going on <laughs> I know right but I don't really imagined that happening but um yeah and I think much like I've experienced the boys are very different and you've mm-hmm. said that as well and it's really difficult to get to be a parent of a completely different type of child I think yes um I don't know if you found that oh yeah um cub
1: I mean he just like he cracks me up he's got, like the hair and the way he
0: just like runs around like a wild animal
1: and then his name is cub I think all of it is so
0: our neighbors now because obviously you spend all your time in your garden either, yeah fucking freezing here um and the dogs come out and he's like, ruff, ruff, and I'm like oh my God. I actually just brought an animal into the world <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean it will get to I mean it's hard to say because now you have like another one after that but I just I look at Wyatt sometimes and I'm like you are the fucking funniest person I know you are straight up the funniest person I know I don't know where you came from because you're not like me and like I mean you're a little bit like your dad because he always thought he was the funniest person in the room except
0: you might be (laughs) yeah (laughs) you definitely got it from him yeah it's funny, um, isn't it um how just... they take on different roles to what you imagine and even when you think you're like oh okay they're they're this type of kid because they're different to your first and then they still keep like so we joke all the time like Bodie's gonna be this like really just nice. it's just gonna be a nice guy and then we don't know what Cub's gonna be like but he's got so much character at like not even two years old that it's exciting to wonder what that's gonna turn into yeah yeah um
1: that's that's how I was and I was like oh he's gonna have no trouble starting school and then of course like oh everything happened so then I was like oh, oh. but and he didn't have any trouble going to school where his brother cried every day for like three months in the
0: right. do you seem um, to be really resilient
1: He is very resilient he hates school though right he's Actually, not upset not right
0: now right oh, okay all. interesting
1: he just, you know what it is, is he's got this big personality and he's so full of love and hugs and like, just wants to be up in everybody's face all the time. And he doesn't have a sense that people don't like that. And so he's told no a lot. He's not reprimanded, but you know, like pulled aside and had to talk to and like, and the structure of it all, just, he doesn't appreciate. Um, but he loves his teachers and he like- He sounds like
0: Cubs so much and like what I imagine him to be because we're always saying like he gets told no too much and he is too much for like the constraints of what you expect of people or like routines and and in you're right in this scenario he was almost thriving because he doesn't care about anything and he can just run wild all day and and like you say like everyone's bar is set lower so I'm like okay fine you're eating the soil and your apple. No problem. Like I don't even you eat care. the apple. and I don't care what else. Yeah. You know, um, you probably aren't going to get sick cause it's from our garden. I don't know. Um, but how after with Wyatt having, having him, how was his C-section different? So it was another
1: emergency one. Um, oh, I tried, yeah, I tried for the V-back and, um, we actually joke with Megan being our doula that she got every experience except the baby coming out the way it was supposed to <laughs>
2: um,
1: in my labor. Cause like, so we go, they actually, so I had had a slow leak. They had to rupture um, the, the sac. It wasn't like all coming out. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how your experiences was, but nobody ever wants to hear the OB say, can you get me the hook? Like you just don't want to. Oh hear it. no. No, you don't want to hear
0: that. And I and I've actually, ever heard anyone call it the hook? But I saw the hook. Oh, she did. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I thought it was gonna be like a little delicate pin, and they're gonna be like, pop. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I didn't see it, but I heard it, and you just don't yeah, want to hear
0: I've seen it. And it's,
1: yeah, and and I was like, I was managing okay when we first got there, and um, and then that happened, and it went from like, I don't know, say the pain was like a three to like a three hundred, like that. Wow. Yeah. and I was just like I like it took my breath away I was crying I was like I can't do this it just like it, it destroyed me yeah it was so intense um I tried laughing gas that I didn't like that I felt high in between the contractions just because that's just that. not really my well that's not really my jam and but. what I Created in between the contractions with logan is that i could rest and if i was high i didn't really feel like i could rest and so it wasn't for me it wasn't providing what i needed mm. um it made the contractions easier but not the like the whole it
0: i just didn't, it's, I didn't it, it's a weird i think if you're not expecting it it's kind of like a weird state to be in um if you haven't had it before yes yeah it's it is, cause it is a very peculiar feeling i think yeah. I
1: mean, maybe if I had tried it longer, it would have been better. I would have, but I just was like, I'm very much like, this isn't working. Get it out of here. Yeah. Um, so that went away. And then um, it was a busy night at the little hospital. And um, I was pretty clear that I didn't want the epidural and the, but the anesthesiologist was about to go into a surgery. And he's mm-hmm. like, I just wanted to check one more time. I know you don't want it. You're probably fine. And Warren and I were both like, stay. <laughs> yeah. And, and and Megan was so good she was like are you sure because we should we had talked about my I was like and we both were like yes <laughs> and I got it and it was went fine thankfully um and I slept to the point that I was like oh we don't need to do it. and then when it became I pushed for a while and then I slept and then it became clear I was heading towards another c-section and, and they were like did you feel a little about? bit
0: assured because you've been through it before that it was almost like reassuring to go down the same path, or I mean, it was. I mean, I was really tired.
1: I had both my kids in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like I late started laboring midday and didn't have Logan was born at like three fifty-five and Wyatt was born at twelve fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, I was tired as well yeah and like at that point I just was like you know it's like healthy baby is the most important thing and and I wasn't psyched about having another unplanned c-section and having gone through everything because there is research that says that when you labor as long as I did or your body goes as far as mine did and then have the c-section you're almost recovering from two things so I was there was that but I was just like at that point I was like healthy baby, but I was like, I'm going to sleep. I'm tired right now. Just let me sleep. And and then again, it was busy. So they were finishing up like some appendectomy on somebody before they could do me. Mm-hmm. But what was a lot, I mean, both the times like on the table were, were kind of scary because with, with, uh, Logan, they opened me up and it was like, I had this infection and like, they could, you could, wow. I guess, I don't know. I don't really remember much of that. Um, so that was bad. And then this time, because of the infection that I developed, I had to get, the one thing they wouldn't give on is I had to have antibiotics, antibiotics the second I got to the hospital. Right. Just in same infection, same infection developed, um, which again, they didn't realize they opened me up. And, um, I just remember hearing the OB say, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to stitch this up. And I was just, again, you don't want to hear that.
0: Oh, keep those thoughts in your head, guys. Write it down on paper.
1: I mean, especially because, like, you know, like, if you've had a C-section and you get pregnant again, you know, your inc- chances of C-section are increased, and your chances of actually having to have a hysterectomy are pretty high. Not super high, but higher. Or um,
0: well, even just it being a consideration isn't even something you want to think about, is it?
1: Not there when you're, like, laying open on a table. And then then, like, the crazy, like, the cold and like, it's a really weird thing. And like, I felt like I got to a point and I don't remember being this intense with Logan's delivery, like where I felt like I couldn't breathe Mm -hmm. and I was trying to ask for help, but I felt like I couldn't speak. Wow. And it was really, really weird. And I think the anesthesiologist had like stepped away from the monitors for whatever reason. And Warren and the midwife came over with Wyatt and I, I should know more about like, Blood pressure numbers than I do for how often they take your blood pressure when you're pregnant. Um, I not know either. I don't know. I have no idea. But Warren had high blood pressure, and so he really knew. And apparently, my numbers were like low or whatever they were. And and when the anesthesiologist came back, Warren's face, I guess, had gone white, and he was like, "I've got this." The anesthesiologist goes, "I've got this. She's going to be fine. It's going to be fine." And mm-hmm. I was like pushing whatever into my IV, and it ended up being fine. But um, but that was scary because basically, so what had happened was um, because I had been left to labor for so long, the wall of my uterus had gotten really, really, really thin. And actually, if we'd waited much longer, it probably would have ruptured. Wow. Yeah. So that, um, that in retrospect, was scary. <laughs> um, and but no- it's like, I, you know, you're so crazy on hormones that like, I mean, I would do it again. Like, I want to have another baby. Warren's like, I'm not doing that again.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's quite... It must be hard for them to like be such a bystander in these things, even mm-hmm. though I I feel way more sorry for us having to actually do it. But that must be a, just a very weird experience. Well, a
1: funny thing from Logan's um, labor was Warren's big thing. He's like, "I'm just gonna stay up here by your head," and then when it came time to push, the midwife's like, "No, no, no, you are." She's gonna put her foot on your shoulder, and you're gonna hold her leg. <laughs> he was like okay and because because we're the director and producer he just did it but yeah. he was like that's
0: not what I want to do <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I'm very much stay at the head end except when you accidentally have a home birth and the door is by the other end I was like oh no you've just no like walk around this anyway um so what do you feel like helped you uh like what what helped you post labor what was sort of the best help you got was it was it them sort of intervening months after Logan was born or was there any one thing that someone did that like really helped with your recovery and stuff?
1: I don't I'm not good at like taking help or asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, um I don't I just remember my recovery from Logan being horrible and they were there to help me and and Mm -hmm. so I mean I guess just even having them there because I can't even imagine what it would be like had they not been um and
0: and I guess you was in the bubble that you were explaining earlier like just having him there to be in that sort of bubble with post-birth is quite like the fact you mention it it's like quite a important part isn't it
1: Yeah. I mean, it was nicer just even like, you know, the kind of the bubble in the hospital and, and, and just, and then, um, you know, that he was able to be, be home with us. Like that was really great. And I know that was really important for him. Although it's funny. He went back when he did go back to work, he's like, and, and things were really not good in terms of Logan and sleeping at that point. He's like, I should have gone back to work right away and then not worked now. Like you got to come back four
0: months later. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, true. Isn't it? you do get all this help in the like days, weeks, days, well, days and weeks, I suppose afterwards. And yeah, I'm so grateful that Briar's sleeping right now because I, f- I always find this period the worst. Hence why I shipped my mum in when I did even though her trip got She ended up
1: having to leave. Yeah.
0: Um, because yeah, retrospectively, I think that's when you really need the hardcore help because you've yeah. got adrenaline, you've got nothing left.
1: Well, and you just, especially, again, with a first, it's different too, but, um, you know, we were lucky Logan was, was sleeping well at that point with Wyatt, and I felt I felt better. Like I said, I got up and walked pretty quickly after. Um, I actually did too much where I got a bit of an in- infection in, one of, in my incision. It wasn't, like, horrible, but um, it's because I did feel actually quite good because I was doing too much. Mm-hmm. And there's also the pressure, I felt it, in having a baby in the summer, and having a two-year-old,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, yeah. like well, we still have to do things. Yeah, Um, and I felt okay, and I felt physically, I felt so
0: much better than I did the first time that I was like, yes. Um And I think just pressure on yourself having a summer baby, you want to be outside. Yeah, or at least in the winter. Having had two winter babies after a summer one, is like, oh well, never mind. I don't feel like it unless just not bother. Um going on to some of the finishing questions if you have one piece of advice for yourself that you could go back and tell yourself what would it be like when I had the boys yeah like whether it's to do with birth or just like telling your old pre-parent self
1: oh man sleep as much as you can (laughs) no because it doesn't matter anyway um I don't know, don't be so don't be too good, don't be too good to like like give them formula or whatever like it, because I could breastfeed relatively easily, I wouldn't do anything and it and i I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was like, well, I'm doing this, and it's easy and it's free. So, like, why would I? Why would I bother giving them anything else? I don't want to have to pay to feed them if I don't have to.
2: Yeah, it was kind of
1: my it? thing. It wasn't. I don't know that that was a thing that was outside pressure for me because I was a formula fed baby. Because in the '70s, if you had money, you fed you your baby formula. Interesting. Um, in the U.S., anyway, and um, yeah, like I remember a couple times a little bit with Logan, more so with Wyatt. Um they would be like, what if my mom would be like, why don't I just go get like some formula and you go do your thing and don't worry about what you've pumped or whatever and and I was like, no, cuz like, what if he prefers it and like no, why would we do that? We can't do that. It's so
0: funny that we put expectations on ourselves, don't we? And I think that plays into like how life is at the moment where like we are like oh, we can't give them the iPad too much or whatever the example is and it's like but why? Like, but
1: why but um I don't worry about that but, um, I,
0: don't, for, worry about right, that. I don't, <laughs> don't worry about that running in the background yeah. all day it's just yeah. like it's the expectations we put on ourselves whether it is that or formula or any of the other things yeah. that we like have ahead of what we wanted to do or what we think we should do or we, we think other people think we should do
1: it's it's funny like I don't. I didn't see it at the time but it's funny to think back because I wasn't like I had friends that had a horrible time nursing and they like eight weeks of pain and horribleness and longer and they pushed through it and they did it. And I didn't have that. And I was pretty hell bent that I wouldn't do that,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: I was going to try. Um, and uh, but, then, but then when it kind of came down to it, when it, if somebody was like, well, why don't you just do this, like just for like a feed or something? I was like, no, mm-hmm. no. It's, it, you know, like I, I, I,
0: that's what you would want to go back and stop yourself and you probably
1: know? just like be like like any way that you can get the sleep or whatever it is that you need,
0: you know, or rest or whatever.
1: Whatever it is, for me, it was in that moment, in that time, it was sleep. I needed sleep, mm-hmm. um, or to just feel like myself again. Um, whatever it is that can provide that to you, take it yeah get out of your head get out of what what other people are whether it's consciously or not making you feel like you should be doing social media. whatever it is that makes you if if you're shooting yourself then don't do it
0: yeah because also it's like it's your way if it, it's any type of coping isn't it it's like do what you need to do to cope and whatever it is will make you better for it therefore you're probably going to be Better for them, so they'll thank you. Yeah. Well,
1: they always say, like, what is it? Happy mom, happy baby, happy wife, happy life. Like, yeah. They make those little little sayings (laughs) up for a reason, and because no people forget, or or it's like they know, but they they don't do anything about it. Like the load that women and mothers take on.
0: Oh no, I think it's um. Yeah, I just think I don't think social media helps, but I think it's kind of unforgiving on remembering that we were here first and that we matter too, and that one day they will also be the parent and hopefully they can, you know, take the lead, take our lead from that. Um, Going on to my favorite question, which probably you're feeling even more so now, is if you wasn't in quarantine um, and you had a day to yourself to just be Jen and live your best life or what would you do? Well, I mean, it's changed a lot in the last, you
1: know, 12 (laughs) years, but I was very lucky that my mom came to visit at the end of February and I spent two nights downtown at the hotel X and I had an adult dinner out on one night. I had brunch with a girlfriend one morning and then for the rest of that Saturday, I spent, um, I took a bath and I, I was in the swanky hotel bathrobe mm-hmm. and I like worked on this online course on human design that I was doing because it's appropriately hippie and woo woo and I'm really into it. And then I binge watched Love is Blind and I don't even watch reality TV, but I
0: ordered a burger from one time. Disney. What a time to do it because that is like, that was a great show. I, I wished I hadn't watched it and I'd left it for now. I need, need that show in my life, like right now, something. Equally as I don't even know if great is the right word, but yeah.
1: Well it's funny. So I lived with my sister when I lived in Los Angeles and she loves all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so I would be subjected to it, and then I moved here and Warren was definitely not into it, and I was like, that's fine because I don't like it either. Mm-hmm. Um so I hadn't watched anything in forever and I enjoyed it in the hotel. And I think I got through like six, I say there's eight episodes, I got through like six of them or something. And I got home and I finished it. And I'm sitting when I'm sitting here at home watching it. I'm like, I'm stupid for watching it. Like, I feel stupid for watching this show. It was like in that bubble in my bathroom, eating my room service burger and my like drinking my bottle of wine. It like worked, but the second I got home, I was like, I can't, I can't watch this. Like, this just doesn't work
0: for me anymore. Pure escapism, though, isn't it? It's pure escapism, and I I always quite like the a wedding aspect to something. Yes, like. Especially when they're kind of like car crashy where you're like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah like you almost like don't want to watch, but you are watching anyway. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. That sounds like a great day. Oh, my God. Like, I actually listened to a really random podcast about comedians this week and um, talking about life in quarantine with kids. And one of them joked saying when this is over, he's going to pretend to his partner that he has... um like a a work thing and he's going to go stay in like just the most basic shitty hotel for a whole week and just never tell anyone and do nothing just to be on his own (laughs) so I feel like you did like the super glam version of that
1: (laughs) yes basically I did it was only for two nights though and I totally like I I will admit that I might have um because I was only supposed to stay for one night I had booked one night Mm-hmm. and my mom was here and she's like why don't you just stay for two minutes I'm like oh I can't it was the first time actually I'd spent away from the kids since the accident overnight
0: and that must have been a really big deal
1: oh I was so ready
0: <laughs> I mean, like,
1: not. I think it I mean for them it was like I'd gone out and stuff and, yeah. and the, other people had put them to bed and and whatever um
0: but to but, have proper headspace completely away from them must have just felt like such a big release
1: for sure. Um, but so she's like, why don't you just stay another night? And I'm like, no. And then we had to do some like errands and businessy things on that Friday morning. And it was turned into a shit show. And I ended up, I was literally in an Uber going downtown and I was halfway there and my mom's like, where are the car keys? And I'm like, in my purse. So this Uber driver loved me because at like three o'clock, he got like a pretty decent fare from Scarborough to downtown. And then I had, we're <laughs> oh, now on the DVP and he had to turn around to come back. Oh God. So I like made that guy's day, um, weekend probably. Um, so that, and then I was, so then I was like, well, yeah, freaking staying two nights. And I get there and they're like, well, you know, the room level you have, but there's only four of them and they're not available tomorrow night. I just looked at the girl. I was like, look, this is what happened to me. This is my first night away from my kids. I don't care what you need to do. I want to stay here for two nights. Mm-hmm. So the best that you can do for me, I would really appreciate it. And so I ended up getting a free upgrade. So like the room was like, okay. I mean, that the hotel X is supposed to be beautiful. This is like they're not paying me to do this. It's supposed to be wonderful for families. They've got a lot of family stuff for like staycation. Yeah. Um, they, their rooms are quite lovely. The spa is wonderful. I imagine the well, pool. I want to go on
0: my own. Like who cares about the family? I, I the would pool looks well. That's what I thing. mean. Family. I think
1: it it, ser- <laughs> it can it can serve either purpose. It was oh, like they they I only got room service there i did not eat in any of the restaurants but they're supposed to be good the spa is nice they have a great they have a, like a rooftop bar overlooking the lake like i think um i i i might you know i will be doing that again
0: oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be coming with you at this rate yes do it um <laughs> whenever, whenever that's possible um and one last thing so i'm just curious to know in this current climate the one thing that you are missing most about, um, current life, like whether it's something you're struggling to get hold of when you go shopping or, um, I don't know, it could be anything like just your freedom. Um, is there anything, one thing that you're really like missing through this whole situation?
1: I'm missing having other adults around. Yeah. I like, this is great. Yeah. Um, but I, you know,
0: physical adult company
1: I mean I had that before you know but um we've got a lot of really amazing people in our lives that are here for us and and showed up huge for us and continue to show up huge for us and and just having another adult here so I can go to the bathroom or being able to have a babysitter and like just go out and it doesn't even need to be a big go out but just leave by myself um
0: that adult connection is huge
1: it's you. really hard you know and I like to hug and I I you know I made a really morbid joke after Warren died like the hugs are the best part of this
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know like I like I like to hug people I have pretty clear boundaries but I, I like I love a good hug and I like to hug people and um and you know oh, my boys get great hugs but those little arms just aren't the same.
0: No, they're not, are they? I remember the first time one of the kids hugged me, and I was like, oh, this is so sweet that they can do this. Well, obviously, it must have been Bodhi. I was like, but it's kind of a shit hug. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's so sweet that they're capable of getting their arms around me now, but, like, I'm not really getting anything out of it. You want, like, that bear hug, don't you, to, like, yeah, feel better.
1: Yeah, and Wyatt, uh, Wyatt does give a good hug, mostly because he's trying to hurt you, but... Um, <laughs> But it's just it's not the same and it it doesn't it serves a purpose and it's just not like that's not what I need right now. Like just having another adult around. Um yeah. even occasionally is just I miss that. That's that's the hardest part for me. And when I am having a hard time, that's what I say to them. I'm like, I just miss my I miss our people, guys. Mm-hmm. I love you guys and you know, you're great and we're doing great and we're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. But I just really miss our people.
0: Yeah. I mean my life is obviously different I do have my husband around but I do well on mat leave or even if you take this situation out of it, I do really like because I think being on maternity leave is quite lonely in some respects if you don't go out much and I think this highlights it for me where it's like I do love my kids a lot and like I had this conversation with my dad this week where he was saying you know oh I'd do anything to be around the kids all day and I was like, yeah, but it doesn't take away loneliness because two mm-hmm. out of three of mine don't talk. And the I mean, one when they oh, do, do you, you really
1: want to talk about what they're talking about? Yeah,
0: or He'll just, he always tells me that I'm not allowed to talk or I'm not allowed to say this or oh, yeah. all these rules. Um, and we're not allowed to talk as a couple anyway. So yeah, it doesn't, yeah, you're right. I think it doesn't take away the loneliness of the situation, having the children, you need the adult. And if, the adult isn't there or isn't available like ninety percent of the time. Yeah, if it you feel as alone as the next person, I suppose you just busy. well,
1: yeah, and I think even I think I think it's a feel like yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a, a a kind of obviously like I would feel that way, but I think it's reasonable for anybody in a in a couple to feel that way too. Just because you have one other adult that you're with all the time doesn't mean you're not feeling that. And mm. I, I think it goes back to something that that came up at that grief conversation we were at and I saw somebody I shared a post today about it about like just because somebody has it worse doesn't mean what you're going through isn't hard
0: yeah I found that really interesting at the uh well I found lots of the po- points interesting at the the I don't know what to call it Love and it's love. like grief and it. pizza really if I yeah. was explain it to someone who wasn't there it was an event we went to run by the rebel mamas and um 100 days of at a pizza, uh, not a pizza restaurant, an Italian, an restaurant. Italian restaurant, yeah. um, quite soon before this whole lockdown situation started. Yeah. And um, yeah, I took a lot from that, but I think someone's words were something along the lines of um, your grief or your loss or your experience will always be the worst of or the yeah. best of because that's all you've Yours. ever lived. Yeah. So your f- feelings are, I guess, shared in some way. And then something else will happen to you and it will trumps it or whatever.
1: Yeah. And I just think I, the way, like, I take issue with the idea of, like, when you say other, like, if somebody were to say other other people, you know, are so much worse off, it's like, yeah, but you're using their shitty situation to make yourself feel better. Like, I don't think that's right. No. And, and again, yeah. your hardest thing is the hardest thing. That's the bottom line. And that's okay.
0: And yeah, because you're right, you don't want someone else's shit situation to almost make you be like, oh, well, I'm not like them, that's great. Yeah. And also it doesn't negate your, it doesn't take away your feelings in the moment of like, yeah, I'm sure someone's got four kids under four or someone's got six kids under four, someone mm-hmm. has 18 kids in one go or is a foster parent of 30, I don't know. Yeah. But at the moment that I'm struggling to get out the front door and a squirrel has eaten part of our stroller, which was me this morning. Oh, I hear my husband on a call, and like everyone's crying, and Cubs trying to run into the road, and you're like, it took me an hour and a half to get everyone ready. We're going out. We're leaving. You're like it doesn't matter. Anything else is happening. Oh, no, I don't. To be like, yeah, this is a shit moment in your this life. Yeah,
1: and that's the thing, and that's why. Like, I think when you experience, well, oh, I have two things, but when you experience big grief or a big loss mm-hmm. you know people are like oh well you know I can't talk to you about this or I feel bad talking to you about this it's like if that's your shitty thing then that's your shitty thing and I can we can probably find a common ground on it I'm probably going to sit here and think well you know I'm a little bit jealous if that's your shitty thing but like I'm not going to begrudge yeah. you for talking to me about it
0: yeah um, uh, especially if you're friends and they understand like you have that relationship you still need to continue just yeah. it
1: Exactly. And then also I, in like this, it feels a little bit like maybe mean way. The whole world is like dealing with kind of like a traumatic loss right now.
0: Oh, I a hundred percent agree.
1: And there's a part of me that is like, ha, now you guys get a little teeny tiny bit of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And do you feel like in some ways the loss that you face, not so, you know, fairly recently still Yes. Have in some way like almost like prepared you for this a little bit
2: mm-hmm.
0: I've heard that from so many people and I kind of feel the same and weirdly yeah. my life is very different minus the three kids it's very similar just add three kids to when we moved here I didn't know anyone we'd lost yeah, a baby no to me. I felt isolated so yeah. yeah there's lots of similarities where I'm like oh I'm familiar with a lot of this it's just weird because everyone else feels it at the same time.
1: Yeah, I I find it like there are days that it's like the the feeling of like loneliness and like fear and and the unknown that part of it because like when you experience like a traumatic loss I mean any loss but I feel like especially a traumatic like and sudden mm-hmm. one that unknown of like, when I'm, I'm a, I like, I'm a big picture person. I, I like, I, I'm, I can flow with things as long as I know what the end point is. We don't have to take the straight way. We can like curve to get there, but I like to know where the ending is. And so the the unknown of this reminds me a lot of like, when am I gonna like find a normal or feel better whatever that means? And like, not even knowing what that was going to be. And what's been very hard for me is that and not that I'm not still working through everything, but you know, in like January, February, I was like I was getting into a groove and we had a babysitter once a week, and it was like I liked when she came, which i we've always had babysitters, but they've never liked when they came, you know like it it just kind of was like working, and I was like going out, and I was feeling like a human and not just mom and mm-hmm. and then now it's then then this. So like that um, Unless it
0: puts you back a step.
1: Yeah, like that sucks and that's hard. Um, but then and then being in this and not knowing when, like, are the kids going back to school? When is this not going to be this way? Like all of that, it's like put. It's like you're right there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in like
0: a different. I think capacity. seeing you at that point, like, I guess it must have been like, well, it probably was February. In February, yeah. Um, yeah, like yeah I saw you you seemed like you were doing great and you spoke to that fact like so well and not and none of us seeing how this would play out I can really see how that would have been um yeah like ugh, so difficult to almost be like what we're getting somewhere oh no hang on a minute now there's gonna be a pandemic for fuck's sake <laughs>
1: seriously I mean you know and it's fine but it did prepare us in that like Because we had people around, obviously, but in that, like those six to eight weeks before the boys went back to school, we really kind of did cocoon in ourselves. We didn't, I wouldn't, I didn't really want to go to any like group things or parties or like the one thing we went to the day before the kids start school. Wyatt hits his head on the side of a pool and we end up at the friggin' ER. I was like, the first thing we went to is like like, the three of us. It was like ridiculous. Um, So we kind of cocooned in a way. And so, in that way yeah it's prepared us and then again kind of just you know we all are doing our own therapy so we're prepared to deal with big feelings Mm -hmm. um if there's one i don't know good or thing that i that i'm comfortable with coming out of all of that Mm -hmm. is that my children will grow up feeling that therapy is a normal thing because i think it should feel like a normal thing i
0: completely agree
1: I think part of my issue with when Warren and my mom first came to me about having postpartum depression and why I was like, no, was because of like the stigma about things like that and therapy and medication and all of that.
0: And Um, I think um, like to that point, it will be so normal to them. And like, I'm sure we're all going to need therapy after this. And I I think our therapists need therapy after this, Um, that that being just part of their life is going to be, yeah like a great tool in their box for like moving forwards and yeah. whatever the fuck happens after this um and however life pans out um but yeah it's um I don't want to keep you too late and I feel like I could talk to you about eight <laughs> I
1: know it could probably just be <laughs> so
0: easy it's to talk to and I've really been looking forward to this conversation not just because I have no one else to talk to in quarantine but, but him, who's not that talkative in the evening um, but no, I think um, it's it's been really lovely chatting. And I think um, your story is a really important one because it's not something we ever want to imagine. And I know that we um, were talking about this at the grief night, if you like, where it's almost like people don't want to imagine the situation that you're in because it's almost like everyone's like nightmare, isn't it? That I think it's even more important to share because... I think seeing all that you've overcome it it's I don't know I think it's really impressive how you've dealt with it even though you're having to live through it it's not a choice that you're making but I think it's important to share these stories because in any type of like grief or taboo when people don't talk about it I think it makes it even more daunting and more lonely for other people that are going through it um, I really appreciate you sharing it especially at this really weird time where (laughs) I'm sure all the feelings, like you say, are more amplified. So,
1: yeah, on some days they are, and on some days, you know, today was good. It was sunny. Oh Did
0: my god, and <laughs> just really does help, doesn't it? It totally
1: does. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, why I, I I feel it's important to talk about mm-hmm. our situation is because it is really interesting how uncomfortable people are with grief and and yeah. loss and when it's something we're all going to experience it's like one of the like u- like universal human experiences
0: yeah and I think yeah. maybe that's why it's so difficult at the moment because we are all doing it at the same time in in a way yeah. that is making us all have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable but we're not used to it yeah so yeah that's probably actually a really um like powerful thing to realise while I was talking to you yeah. on this, that maybe that is even more reason why people need to hear your story now. Cause I know we've been trying to get together to chat about yeah. that. <laughs> quite some time and it's taken i mean we track. could have just oh, done this
1: we tried to do it in person but we could have just done this
0: i know uh, i would have I preferred it with a hug because you do yes. right you do give a good hug such is life you know
1: yeah exactly um one other random fact apparently yesterday was national widow's day
0: or something oh, really? and um, um and also bereaved, Mother bereaved day. mother's day too why the same day i don't know i i didn't have any capacity to think about it this year i have to admit
1: I obviously would never have known that such a day existed prior to this. Mm -hmm. Um, But a really interesting statistic I read um, about widows and widowers is um, loss of spouse or partner is like the number one most stressful thing on whatever stress index or whatever, which I just found very interesting because there's definitely when – you lose a person who's like your husband and your children's father and somebody else's son or brother or uncle whatever Mm -hmm. whether it's conscious or not there's like a comparison and I don't think that that's something really that ever can be compared because you could have you know Two people who lost their father and it's a different situation, or two people who lost their brother or sister or whatever and it's a different situation. Yeah. And even uh, two
0: widows where it's a different situation. Exactly. Like dramatically, not dramatically, in a good relationship, in a terrible relationship. Yeah.
1: But the I mean, I have to say that, you know the the level of stress when like your sole breadwinner
0: Yeah
1: you know, dies. I mean like I I I will say, yeah, I win on that or like widows, widowers in that situation. You win on that because yeah. this is somebody that you built a life with and you yeah, chose to build part a life of,
0: You're like the yin to each other's yang. I'm not offering any sort of financial relief for my husband. Yeah. So if you take him out of the picture, it would be a very frightening place to be for me as well. Yeah. And that's just me thinking about it as an abstract thing, not like an actual reality.
1: Yeah. So I just, I thought I thought that was a really interesting fact because it was one of those things or statistic or whatever um, mm. because I read it and I was like, yeah, yeah, I buy that. Like a lot of that stuff I'll read. And I'll be like, no, maybe. Or again, I don't think in a lot of situations like this that there is room for comparison. But I was like, mm, I might win on that one. <laughs> yeah, you Unfortunately. Did. But I think also, uh,
0: I don't know how to phrase this like, in the way like I'm trying to say it in a positive frame but that you've you're doing so well to like not so well but like you're so strong that you are living through this whether you feel strong or you feel forced to be Mm. you are a strong person because you're carrying on and it's and it, it must be and is so hard still and then you throw in the pandemic that that's just like next level so I just think you should be really really proud of yourself like no matter how it's come to be and no matter how shit it is and no matter the fact that you can't walk away from the situation you're in yeah uh,
1: thank you I mean there are days that I feel really proud and there are days that I don't and there are days that I'm like I don't know how we're gonna get to tomorrow but I think that as most people's lives maybe it's just a little bit more like I mean, I, I've talked with my therapist about it and you, you you mentioned it, how how Tim says your skin is thin. Like, I feel like I feel everything so much more now. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think that's, that's not, I don't think that's a bad thing. No. I think um, wearing your heart on your sleeve and being honest about your life, your story, your truth is, like, admirable, to be honest. And I think we should all... able to be like that because at the end of the day like you said um people are uncomfortable being like that but why why should we have to dull anything about what is just the truth of our life
2: yeah
0: but um I appreciate you sharing it because I know it must be difficult thank you for listening and I appreciate you sharing their boys stories as well because whether you're the only keeper of the stories at this point or not like i'm sure it'll be something lovely for them to hear how you felt in this moment when when they choose to listen to it or yeah choose to look back on it or whatever yeah no i'm grateful for that
1: thank you for letting me share
0: oh no no thank you like this podcast is nothing but me just randomly ram- rambling without people wanting to share their story so i appreciate it thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast it means a lot to me and all the guests involved because bearing your soul and opening your heart to tell your bias story is sometimes a really difficult thing if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast please rate review and subscribe and also enter this week's giveaway to a chance to win something fab just for yourself thanks for listening and allowing the guests of the podcast to have their voice and their story heard forever grateful franny